Hi, and welcome to episode 57 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm David Auerbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life magazine. Each week, we bring to you the best apps, great gear, and news in the iOS world. And today, we have a lot of news to talk to you guys about. There have been a lot of iPhone 8 rumors lately, and WWDC yesterday, uh, people got their press invitations, so we mm -hmm. wanted to talk a little bit about what we're expecting to see there June mm -hmm. 5th. So before we get started, though, we want to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, and that's Qmatics. And Qmatics has this product. It's a spray-on screen protector. So David, uh, you, I think you've got one over there. Yeah, Show I us. do have one, uh, and it's a really innovative product. Basically, it's a liquid screen protector, and how it works is it uses nanotechnology so you put a, you pour it on your screen, and it it makes your screen as hard as sapphire, uh, which is awesome. As you guys know, I don't use a case, and um, I actually I take that back. I just started using a case. Side note, uh, but ninety nine percent of the time I don't use a case, and so I really just rely on my glass screen protector. So now I've switched over to Qmatics to use that uh, because then you don't even need the glass screen protector. And what's cool about it is, because the thing that always makes me uneasy about a product like this is you pour it on and you go, well, I, I hope it works. You can't tell if it makes it harder. But what Qmatics has is they have a guarantee. So they will pay $100 towards replacing your screen if it breaks and you're using the product. So most of the time, that's about what it costs to replace a screen if it breaks. Yeah, so I was going to say, last time I had my screen replaced, it was $100. Though. Yeah, exactly. And, and in some ways, that's, you know, that obviously that's a lot of peace of mind. But the, my glass screen protector, um, I actually managed to crack my glass under my glass screen protector the first time. Really? Yeah. I know so, that's happened to Sarah. Yeah. So now I'm excited to switch to this because A, then I don't need a glass screen protector and B, if it does break, they're going to pay for it. And yes. I last time I checked on Amazon yesterday, it was $39.99. Yes. $39.99. prices are always fluctuating. I think it starts at $49.99 is the list price, but you can usually get a pretty good deal on Amazon for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just want to say, I don't think it's necessarily the glass screen protectors that are the problem. It's the curved screen of the iPhones yeah. that, you know, the glass screen protectors just can't protect. Well, and in, so yeah. in that way, this makes sense because with the curved screen, like you're saying, exactly, the glass screen protectors don't have the curved screen to go all the way around, and you're absolutely right. It's right on the corner that it cracked. Right, and that's what happened yeah. to me when I broke my screen. So oh, it's so sad. I know, it's very sad. <laughs> so check it out. And it's sad, too, because of the timing. Like, I don't want to get a new phone right now and because I'm, like, waiting it out, but I'm worried it's going to really shatter. Um, anyway, iPhoneLife.com slash podcast will give you the link to go to Amazon for the best pricing for this. Uh, and make sure you check it out. And thanks to our sponsor, Qmatics. Next up, we want to tell you about our tip of the day newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up to get a one minute video tip every day that will teach you something cool you can do with your iPhone that you didn't know before. And so each episode, as you guys know, we tell you about our favorite tip. And this week, um, <clears throat> I want to tell you about how to enable and use Apple Maps extensions on your iPhone. So you might be wondering what I'm talking about there. That's um, a recent iOS 10 feature is that you can turn on extensions for certain apps such as Yelp, 
uh, Lyft and Uber so that you can book rides or oh, Open Table is another one so that you can book rides or book a reservation within the Apple Maps app. So this is pretty awesome. And to do this, you can go in and um, my example here will be for Uber. If you're navigating to a place in Apple Maps, you'll now see an option on the bottom of the app that says ride, because usually you'll see like walking, transit, driving mm -hmm. directions. And so now if you hit ride, if Uber serves your area, which it doesn't in Fairfield, <laughs> Iowa, unfortunately, um, you'll also see all of the rates for rides and you can book your ride straight within the Apple Maps app. Does it show you, it shows you Uber and Lyft? So yeah. you can see the different rates for both of them? It does, yeah. That's really cool. Because I have both of those enabled and I did, as an example, two locations in New York so uh -huh. I could see. And it had all of the Lyft rates on top and then you scroll down and saw all the Uber ones. And, and that's particularly useful when there's surge pricing and you're trying to figure out which of the two to use. Mm -hmm. uh, because, yeah, it's, then you don't have to go to two different apps and check it out. And it's nice, too, because you see a whole list of like Uber pool. Like if, uh, it seemed almost easier to see the different rates than in the apps themselves mm -hmm. to see the cheaper, like if you want a carpool or if you want to take one of their more expensive cars. That's very cool. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. What do you use, Uber or Lyft? Lyft. I have pretty much just used Lyft. Yeah, me too. I, I used to use Uber and I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt for so long because their app was just so convenient and I liked it. I really like Uber Pool. Uh, but they just, it's like negative story after negative story and it's, they just seem like kind of a sketchy company at this point. Well, yeah. you know, I'm sure a lot of cab companies are getting apps and at least cab drivers are usually like in unions and stuff. So if you're really concerned, David, start taking cabs. Well, I don't know that I agree. I, I heard a, <laughs> I heard an interview with the Lyft CEO and he was really cool. Uh, they're very, what I liked about Lyft is they're very passionate about, uh, having um, like less drivers, carpooling, things like that. They seem like they had more of a mission base, whereas Uber's mission seems to be just to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, Lyft, it seems like they're going for this more like neighborhood feel too. Like your friend will come pick you up and yeah. you guys are going to have a great time instead yeah. of just uh, getting a ride. They let you tip your driver, which is nice. So yeah, I've yeah. been using Lyft. I was in Chicago, I used Lyft, I was happy with it. And they have the Lyft pool now as well. I don't think it's called that, but same functionality, which is basically if you guys don't use Uber or Lyft, it's really cool because it lets you carpool. So what happens is they pick you up and then if somebody else is along your route going a similar place, they will pick them up as well. And then it's often a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I have noticed both about Uber and Lyft, because I've used both of them quite a bit, is that like you do have more of a tendency to have unprofessional drivers. If yeah. you get a cab driver, they're going to know where they're going most likely and will be a little more professional in my experience. Whereas like I, I've definitely had Uber and Lyft drivers who was like their first week on the job and mm -hmm. they you know got really confused with the directions, got lost a few times. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Um, that being said, I've also had a lot of met a lot of really interesting people yeah. who are Uber drivers, that's Lyft true. drivers, and I've met a lot of really interesting people who are kind of carpooling with me. Uh, and somehow, I think because of the Lyft and Uber culture, or I don't know what it is, they seem more talkative. Like I, I, I have a lot more engaging conversations with Uber and Lyft drivers than I often do with taxi drivers who are professional, but almost to a point where they don't really want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. Uh, so that's our tip for this episode. Go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips 
to sign up for the newsletter, you'll get more like just interesting information like this. Also really timely updates. When iOS 11 comes out, you'll learn all the new features of iOS 11 through signing up for this. So it's sure really the A, it's a no brainer because it's free. <laughs> and B, there's no better time to do it because we're just about to do uh, our top 14 tips, which are of all time. We're getting ready to do this, which we're really excited about uh, for both iPhone Life Insider and Daily Tip, our top tips of all time. And then iOS 11 comes out and you have to learn that. And so we're, we'll be right there with you, teaching you every step of the way. Yeah, I mm -hmm. guess I'm kind of excited about getting the iOS 11 beta pretty soon. I know, me too. Yeah. I mean, last year, I think it was uh, second week of June or something. So that's it's really coming, coming up. up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we want to tell you guys about our iPhone Life Insider program. As David mentioned, Insider is our premium subscription uh, that we also get daily tips with this, but you also get a video version. So you'll get a video walkthrough of how to do what we're telling. Uh, you also get in-depth guides. We recently released an Apple TV guide, an iPad guide. We'll have a whole iOS 11 guide that will really walk you through every feature instead of just tidbits each day. Um, and also ask an editor and a digital archive of the magazine. And Ask an Editor is our feature where you can send in questions if you're having some sort of tech issue. And Sarah will get back to you. She'll research the problem and help you come up with a solution. We, we also just figured out the other day when we were getting ready to do our greatest hits of tips, we have, a, we have an archive of over 800 tips now. It's yeah. insane. So it's... we've got, we got you covered. <laughs> Uh, so each episode, we like to share a question that one of our insiders has written into Sarah and the solution that she helped them come up with. So Sarah, do you have a question for us? Yeah, um, I guess to me, this was something we've talked about this on the podcast a lot, this issue that this reader brought up. And also, um, I'm just going to read like a couple of our exchanges, but actually we went back and forth a little bit. Um, so what this insider said is, is there a way to turn off all applications without having to double cl click then swipe up once for each app that is running? One would think there is a built-in shortcut for this. Further, I expect that your average tips reader would like to learn how this is done. Mm -hmm. um, well, the thing is, yes, you can actually close, I think it's up to three of them at a time. You do have to double click the home button and swipe up on, you know, you just like three fingers swipe up on them. But you don't have to close them at all is the point is the main point. Yeah, um, this to me is the biggest myth and everybody does it. Right. And and that's why, you know, like I explained this to him, I explained why, which is that basically these apps aren't actually running in the background unless you've already got them on background refresh, which in which case it won't really matter whether say your mail app is in the app switcher or not because it's if you have it set to like constantly be downloading the emails it's going to um so they're not using any more battery or ram or anything they're just they're waiting for you to return to them like quickly um so you don't need to close them at all so and um and so we emailed back and forth about this and he was really happy to hear this because you know, he said a lot of people he knows are like constantly swiping up mm -hmm. and giving themselves <laughs> carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> and so, you know, as a public service announcement, I'm just here to tell you, you don't have to. Yeah. No, but if you this want is so to, good. We should we should have this every podcast because <laughs> I can't tell you how many people do it. And, and my mom still does it, which drives me crazy because I've told her so many times that you don't need to. But like, so just to recap, 
the value of swiping up and closing out an app is if the app is malfunctioning. Right, for troubleshooting purposes. Yeah, so if you're using an app and it's doing something glitchy, it's really useful to double tap the home button, bring up the app launcher, and swipe up on an app to close it out. But it is not using battery to have an app in your app launcher. But what Sarah said is important. Their apps do can use battery if you're not using them, and that's if you have app background refresh turned on. So go right. to your settings, and either you can turn off background refresh for all of your apps, or you can do it on an app-by-app -app basis. So some of your apps you may want to leave it on. For example, I have Nest, which uses background refresh to turn my heater AC on when I'm driving home. That's worth it. Which is worth it. Because <laughs> uh, so I used to have them all turned off, and now I have a few of them turned on. So you have some management there. Right. So, But it's not that your apps can't use battery when you're not being used, but just stop closing out these apps, people. It's not worth it. Right. And, you know, like the mail app, for instance, that if you get a lot of email, that can, unless you're like constantly getting emails and you need to check them all the time, like it's really just very easy to manually, like you open the app and, you know, pull down on the list of emails and it will mm -hmm. just, all your emails will download. Like unless you just need to see your emails the minute they arrive in your inbox, which I don't think many people do if they're not at work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's it. It's really useful to your battery life to turn that off. But also, if you're really concerned at that moment about your battery life, say it's going to be a while before you can plug in, just manually turn on um, low power mode. Mm -hmm. You know, force touch your. Oh, I hate that term. Three, but it's not even the right term anymore. We got a new term. Three D touch your settings icon or just open settings and select battery, and then just toggle low power mode on, and that will. That will automatically turn off all background app refresh and other background things that use up battery until you can plug your phone in. But you don't need to have that on all the time either. Like I'll throw mm -hmm. in a bonus insider question. Someone was asking about that. Like I've heard that you should have that on all the time, but what about these things? Will they you know, still work? And some people do like to have it on all the time, but there are things that won't work. Like if you have things set to constantly refresh, they won't anymore and you won't be able to use night shift mode and your auto lock if you have it set to only lock like every couple minutes will change to 30 seconds. So you don't have to and it but it's a matter of personal preference. You can. One thing I'm going to say about app switching though is I do feel like for the purpose of using the app switcher to switch between apps if you have a ton of apps open there, it's a little harder to navigate through them. Sure. Yeah, but it, it, it does it in order of chronological order of when you used it. So like usually, right. you, unless you're yeah. trying to like navigate all the way back to an app you used a while ago, in which case you can just search for it. The other yeah. thing is I actually think that it, for me it's just a psychological thing. I find it satisfying to swipe <laughs> off and like close sure. the apps. There's something, that's why I was like I smirking mean, over here. You can totally do it. Really? Even though I know that there's no benefit to battery or it's not like running in the background doing anything. It also does, like leaving it open, another thing to support what you're saying is it lets you go back to the same screen you left on, which a lot of times is what you want. Like, right. you know, um, instead of just taking you to the main app screen and starting over again, which you, right. which you do well, if you close if you out have some weird yeah. psychological thing, you can, like, <laughs> you can swipe up on as many as three apps Sarah's at a time. Sarah's calling me weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to just imply it. <laughs> Usually um, when you say it explicitly, it's not implied. Just <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, <laughs> also, 
if you just want to go back and forth between two apps, there is a back button between the at the top left of the app screen. And it's so small. I never noticed this until Sarah told me about it. I'm honestly sitting here thinking, God, these are all these all should be included in our like best tips greatest of all time. Yeah. To, to me, the like the greatest hit is the settings button. The 3D touching your settings button to bring up Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and battery. It's like 90% of the time that's what I'm trying to do, and it's so much quicker. Right. And as far as settings go, don't bother swiping through menus. Just swipe down on the main settings menu and type in the search bar what you're looking for, and then you yeah. don't have to... Search for your settings. I agree. Yep. So as you can see, if you become an insider, you get access to lots of great information, and you're joining a group of people who are really wanting to get the most out of their iDevices, and we're here to help you. Uh, along the way. So go to iphonelife.com slash insider to get more information and to sign up. We'd love to have you. Uh, next up, let's talk about the news. I feel like we have kind of a juicy Lots news of segment news. this yeah. week. First of all, WWDC. For any of you who don't know, that's the Worldwide Developers Conference that Apple holds each June, where they invite a bunch of developers and tell you all about the next iOS version you don't actually get to download it yet unless you join the beta program until the fall. But a lot of people now, I feel like, are joining the beta program because it's open to the public. It's not mm -hmm. just right. for developers. But uh, Sarah, I think you were working on a post about this. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what, right. what's expected this year. Can well, we start by talking about what WWDC is? Uh, well, it's the Worldwide Developers Conference where, you know, like most Apple consumers, pay attention to the iPhone release mm -hmm. in the fall. Mm -hmm. But for anyone who's like an app developer or who really cares about the software, WWDC is where they're going to announce iOS 11 and probably tvOS 11 and watchOS 4, and as well as like uh, the newest macOS. So um, that's kind of a big deal. You'll f we find out all the new features, and the developers find out, you know, the cool new things that they'll be able to incorporate into their own software that they develop for Apple products. And, and so there's going to be like 5,000 developers, as Donna said, and like 1,000 engineers, and there's going to be workshops. Mm -hmm. And the part that we're really going to be covering the most is um, the keynote on June 5th that kicks off the whole event where they will kind of give a whole presentation about these different softwares. And, of course, there's rumors about other things that Apple might be announcing. Like, mm -hmm. um, there's rumors that there might be a Siri smart speaker, which would be like the Amazon Alexa or the Google Home, and as a sort of competitor. That mm -hmm. seems actually kind of possible to me. And I've been toying with the idea of getting an Amazon Alexa, getting an Echo for a while, and um, haven't actually followed through. And I feel like if, if Apple released something, I would definitely get it. I, yeah, I've heard such great things about Alexa that I'm mm -hmm. curious to try it. Uh, Apple has a nice integration, which is cool. Uh, but also, like, Hey Siri doesn't tend to work very well. As an example, um, it didn't work. <laughs> I don't use know. Hey Siri I, all the time. Really? Yeah. I kind of find that I don't find Amazon Echo to be better oh, than you Hey Siri. Um, I've definitely... Uh, been spending time with someone who has one and we've been sort of comparing the Hey Siri with the the Amazon Echo and it's um 
<laughs> Did it I just, just worked for Donna's. Yeah. See, it works so well. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's it's kind of satisfying to see the frustration okay. that someone else okay. is experiencing because I feel like Siri doesn't always work for me. Yeah, that's so. that's interesting. And uh, the Alexa, they just came out with what looks really cool to me, which is a speaker that also has a video screen on it, mm-hmm. so that you can like conference with people and call them and stuff. Yeah, people it's are calling it like a like, giant smartphone for your kitchen. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> I know. I was about to say, it's almost like really too bad we don't have something already that you could like do video calls with. Well, I mean, in general, that's a little bit how I feel about uh, about Alexa and Google Home and stuff. It's like basically a speaker that connects to our phones, which most speakers do, right? Like there's not a big difference. Yet somehow it does seem nicer to have it be removed from the phone so if you don't have your phone with you and also i'm guessing the speakers have better mics to pick pick up your sound and they're more kind of tuned for that also um the rumors about the apple one is that it's going to be a really high quality speaker whereas the amazon i mean i actually haven't tried it so i can't say but it is it's pretty low priced so yeah it's not a really high-end speaker yeah definitely not when you're talking about like the echo dot and stuff the you'd want to have a separate speaker if you're planning to listen to music. Right. Whereas, like, I love Bluetooth speakers, so if if Apple released one that was really good that also could do all this stuff for you, I would be pretty excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so that may happen at WWDC. What else? Um, And then there have been rumors that there will be some kind of iPhone 8 announcement, but that just seems so unlikely, especially with all the rumors about about it. Well, maybe. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, Tim Cook was complaining that you know, the even just the rumors about this 10th anniversary phone were kind of cannibalizing sales of, like, the current model. I don't know why they would, like, try to make that even worse. That's well, true. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the challenge that Apple has, so I'm pretty sure the first iPhone was released in at WWC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the reason for doing that is... Uh, if Apple releases it in the fall and then announces in the fall and then releases it a couple weeks later, at that point the supply chain is so far along, they're already manufacturing the phones, that there's inevitably a ton of rumor leaks from China. Uh, so if they are doing something big and new and they don't want it to be leaked ahead of time, kind of the only way to do it is to announce it before you start manufacturing it so there aren't leaks. Now, I've been hearing rumors, mm. and this is, I don't know if this is one of our news items, that the iPhone 8, or, you know, we've, I don't know if yeah, it's going to be iPhone knows 8, what it's whatever, be uh, might not come out till 2018. Have you guys heard this? I was hearing more October, November. Okay. The, the but there are still delays. Yeah, delays. Yeah. And so I was thinking maybe that was part of it is they're kind of delaying manufacturing until they can announce it and planning on announcing in the fall. Mm-hmm. I agree I would put this in the unlikely camp, but I, I could also see it happening. I could see them getting out ahead of the rumors and wanting to kind of make a big splash with before the rumors First, come out. I mean, you know, like when they had first announced the Apple Watch, they announced it way ahead of time just so that, I guess, maybe before Christmas, nobody would buy anyone like any of the other smartwatches or fitness trackers. Well, and I think it was a little the same thing. They wanted people to see it before the leaks came out. Because now it's like, you know, with the iPhone 7, it's like I felt like I saw 100 pictures of it before they announced it. Yeah. I was also reading about an iPad Pro that they might update the iPad Pro line because it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did have that sort of like, you know, simplification of the iPad line, just like, how long ago was it? I feel like all the months are blurring together. <laughs> but not that long ago. In this, yeah, they, yeah, in like March they did. April, March? But it yeah. was a pretty minor change. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, but... they basically just if they're you know they, there's not like a whole bunch of different iPads anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the what I was reading was that we we would see an updated processor because now the iPad Pro doesn't have the iPhone 7 processor. Oh, so okay. it could have a faster processor. But besides that, I'm kind of curious what they would change. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the iPad sales aren't doing that well, but it also feels like the iPad is becoming closer to the Mac where you're not going to have these big seasonal swings. It's just going to be another steady revenue stream for them, but not yeah. something that's like the iPhone, which is 60, 70% of the revenue. So what about the rumors that their Apple might finally be announcing an Apple TV streaming service? Do you think that's at all likely? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I have mixed feelings about it because we were talking about this before we uh, turned on the mics and like Sarah was saying how pretty much we've been hearing this rumor for like five, six years I now. I know. I, I feel like a couple years ago that we were, I was hearing a ton of rumors. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe now. But. but that being said, there's so many other streaming services out there that I don't see why they wouldn't announce one. Even if it's not the perfect one that they really want it to be and couldn't negotiate for. Like Hulu just announced their streaming service. Dish has a streaming service. I have no reason why Apple does, doesn't have a streaming service yet you know what I mean although I feel like in general they do try to wait and have like the perfect one yeah you know but um also I think part of the reason I wondered is there's rumors now that Amazon is going to have an app for the Apple TV and that that would now, only I'm be excited about, about that yeah and that that would only be, be coming about because the CEOs met and talked like it would only be happening at a high level which would uh-huh. indicate that there's some sort of agreement there and I just feel like if Apple was coming out with its own streaming service why would they suddenly be like playing nicer with Amazon I mean but here I here's the biggest indicator to me that it might be true they added that TV button to me mm. that TV button is half baked like I like it a it doesn't work with Amazon or Netflix so it's kind of totally useless but yeah. B even if it worked with Amazon or Netflix it felt like they designed it for live TV it really did that's true. And this is the TV app that replaced the videos app. Yes. And, and there's a button on the Siri remote that takes you to the TV app now. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go on record. I, I'm, I'm betting that it happens, but we'll see. Really? I think yeah. at WWDC or just sometime this year? I think WWDC. I'm going on record. All right. All right. I'm should skeptical, we, okay, but I'm not bet? fully against it. I'm just not. Okay. I'll bet. Uh, okay. Bet we'll have to think of a, a fun prize that we can do in the podcast i don't know what it would be yeah we'll have to think on that we'll get back to you guys guys. and you guys can email us suggestions too (laughs) any other wwdc rumors or should we talk about that amazon app since let's talk about the amazon app that's way more exciting okay yeah so i think it was recode let me just double check here uh yeah recode broke the story that you know people familiar with the companies say that in the third quarter of 2017 we'll be seeing an amazon video app for the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So if any of you guys are Apple or sorry, Amazon Prime members, it's probably been a pain point for you that you have to airplay your Amazon content onto your Apple TV. And while AirPlay is awesome, it doesn't always work that well and you'll see inevitably have more buffering time and that's really annoying even if you have fast internet. <laughs> it's funny because I keep I keep we have our complaint section which I think we'll get to next and I'll keep a list of my complaints so that when the podcast <laughs> comes around I have something to complain about or it's something I learned occasionally. Uh and that was one of my Very complaints every once in a while. Uh and that was one of my complaints is how annoying it is to have to airplay to the Apple TV using the Amazon video app and how it worked so poorly. Like 
it would it would cut out like halfway through a show all the time. Um, yeah. Or yeah. you get a text message or a phone call and you navigate to it and the whole thing. It's so I'm really excited about this. All right. So moving on from the Amazon rumors, we want to tell you guys about the iPhone 8 rumors. It's been a while since we've talked about this and. The latest thing we've been hearing is that Apple is having some production issues. So even though the announcement is still likely in September, maybe in June, as we've just, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> I that, <have> seriously <laughs> doubt that. <laughs> that the premium model probably is not going to be available until October, November, like maybe even 2018. I heard 2018, yeah. So, you know, this is sort of a di- disappointing update to tell you guys about. <laughs> Uh, also, we've been calling it the iPhone 8 just for the sake of having something to call it, but uh, iPhone X is something people have been, I've been hearing a little bit more, you know, X for the 10th anniversary. Ah. So that was sort of interesting. And I've been wondering if they might be planning to change the name of the iPhone anyway, because it seems like mm-hmm. they're revamping all of, Apple's revamping all of its naming conventions. So Yeah, I mean, they kind of did this with the iPad, where you had the iPad 1, the iPad 2, and then suddenly they switched it to iPad Air, and now they have iPad Pro, and they're kind of trying to drop the counting numbers, because at some point, are we going to have the iPhone 17, and is everyone going to be really excited who has a 16? It seems... A bit much, you know? I know what you mean. And, and so if they're I would, something different, then yeah. they probably would na- name it different too. Yeah, I think they'll probably end up having different models, like the Plus model. And people get really confused between the 7 Plus and the 7S, you know? And the 7S Plus? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... People sort of have written into us asking what iPhone model do I have? Like, they don't <laughs> even know not only what they, model do they have. Yeah, not only have they written into us... We wrote a post about it because it was such a high search term. Everybody's searching, trying to figure out what phone they have. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of confusion. I think simplifying the Apple line, will, the iPhone line, will it seems inevitable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. other than name, what are the rumors we're hearing and, and date? Another interesting one is uh, JP Morgan recently came out saying that while the iPhone 8 will have an edge-to-edge screen horizontally, it won't vertically. Like There'll oh. be like a bar at the bottom and top. And so, will there be a button? Uh, and no, I feel like that's one of the bigger rumors is, and that part of the reason that Apple might be having delays is because they're having a hard time having no home button, no physical home button. Mm-hmm. Like you still probably going to be able to press that area so, of the screen. I mean, the home button really isn't like a physical button anymore anyway. I know. And I'm true. just wondering, like, how do you feel about that? Because I kind of miss having like a physical home button. I don't. You know, it's funny. We actually, because we ran late on time in this issue, we, we cut our complaints. My complaint was going to be around the home button because when I run and I put cover it, I can't push it. Right. And it's really frustrating. So 90% mm-hmm. of the time, I don't mind it. It feels like a real button. Uh, but there is something about the fact that it's a software-driven thing that makes me a little nervous and can at times be inconvenient. And I don't, I mean, for the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, the change in how you um, do a hard reset of your phone is instead of pressing the, a physical home button and the sleep-wake button, you press the down volume button and the sleep-wake button, but one that turns your vol- volume all the way down before you do it, and it's <laughs> just not as like a smooth process to me. You're like, is it working? You mm-hmm. know, It's not something you should do to your phone all the time unless you're really needing to troubleshoot some problem that's not responding to other things. I've but... had to do it somewhat regularly, though. I've had my phone go into weird modes every once in a while where it's almost bricked unless I do it. So huh. it, I've, yeah. I'm glad I knew that tip because I didn't know right. it until that's recently. That's a really important thing because, you know, that 
for a lot of people, the method of doing that disappeared because not everyone's aware that mm -hmm. that's how you do it, especially yeah. because the volume has to turn all the way down before it starts working. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like once I realized that you could hard reset it using physical buttons still, then I my concerns kind of went away. Yeah. Well, my concern is the same as David's, um, is that I can't, when I have my iPhone in my armband, um, I can't press the home button, which makes it really hard to navigate my phone. Impossible. There's no way. It, it's frustrating to me well, that if, if your phone's covered. Well, I do it through my covered, Apple Watch. But... Oh, okay. But, yeah. But if your phone is, there's no way to unlock your phone without having access to the button now, which is Right. You have to get everything set up just right and then put your phone in and hope you don't mess up those settings while yeah, you're putting it in. Yeah. Um, now... I didn't bring this to the podcast because we're not talking about gear in this episode, but Bodyguards has a a case that locks into an armband so mm -hmm. you, your screen is accessible. Yeah, and there are options. Right. But in, in general, it's the downside of not having a physical button. Yeah. Uh, I, so other... Well, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I do think having a full edge-to-edge -edge screen with no button on it is going to be really awesome for media viewing. Yeah. Also, um, an OLED display. Ooh. That seems to be a prominent rumor, which has like truer blacks and brighter colors. And that's something a lot of Android, Samsung devices have that I do think is nicer. Yeah, I, to be honest, so we go to Consumer Electronics Show every year. And the thing that always blows me away is the OLED TVs mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they're just so amazing. And basically what it is is, oh, I'm going to blank on the technology of it, but each uh, pixel is individually controlled. So it's either on or off, as opposed to with normal LED where there's a backlight coming through and then the pixels are filtering. And so the end result, like you're saying, is a pixel can be truly off. So a black is actually black as opposed to a kind of a washed out gray. And it, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but to me, it made the image so much more sharp. Um, mm. So that I'd be excited about. I totally agree. Edge to edge display sounds awesome. I'm willing to give up my, my button. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What about wireless charging? That's the rumor yes. I'm really excited about. It's about time. And what I'm really hoping that I, I don't know if you guys heard rumors about this, rapid charge. There's some Android phones that can charge in 15 minutes. Yeah, the great. iPhone takes get quite a while. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there, people are saying that you might get AirPods shipped with the premium model for free. That'd be oh. cool. Well, but there's so many production delays already. There's already a wait when you order them. I don't know how Apple is going to have enough to effectively ship and maybe that's a reason yeah. for the rumors of a delayed for the deluxe model because you know, the rumors are yeah. there's going to be like the two regular models and then like a special 10th anniversary deluxe mm -hmm. model which would come with airpods so i mean um, the it, you know the regular iphone comes with earpods so it kind of makes sense it that makes maybe sense the airpods they're going to wrap in but and if it's a critical strategy for apple I, I can't imagine they wouldn't figure out the manufacturing of airpods to put in the phone to put with the phone so who knows yeah another rumor is a uh, glass and stainless steel design which i, I mean i, I don't we have like the idea of going back oh, to having glass on the back i really I don't like that. that idea yeah i mean it looks kind of cool but i don't want my phone to be more breakable than it yeah. is yeah like, no thanks i mean <laughs> really? i've already been so on record with having the reason why it works not have a case is because this the back of the phone doesn't break right yeah unless you step on it i've got your functionality <laughs> bar similar to the macbook pro is that i, I didn't add this one to the, to the list here but i does that mean like the same as the touch bar that's on the new macbook pro hey you guys are looking at me but i i didn't read it <laughs> <laughs> you put that in the doc <laughs> that's funny 
I don't know. But yeah, I mean, part of what's cool is if you get rid of the home button and you make it purely software driven, you can add a lot more dynamic functionality in that area. Hmm. All right. So before we wrap up this episode, we want to share with you guys a question of the week, unless mm -hmm. you have more no, iPhone 8. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah. So the biggest thing is we might have a delay with the iPhone 8 and the rest we'll see. But uh, the question of the week we want to leave with you is, how many unread emails do you have in your email app? Because <laughs> so, this yeah. kind of, David, you can tell the backstory. Okay, well, so I thought I was pretty awesome because I have, let me pull it up right now. Oh, no, I didn't, I did it wrong. Uh, I have 41,000 unread emails. <laughs> uh, and there, there seem to be kind of two types of people in this world. There's the inbox zero types who just want to always have zero unread emails. Are you, Sarah, you're an inbox zero, right? At work I am. Okay. But my personal email... Yeah, and then there's people like me who just don't care about unread emails. It's just not the way I process emails, and so they tend to stack up, and I get hundreds and hundreds of emails a day, so it's not hard. I thought I was pretty awesome. Our CTO, Raphael Burns, turns out has over 200 unread emails. 200,000. 200,000, thank you. <laughs> way more impressive. 200. Over 200. Um, so the question of the day is how many unread emails do you guys have? And we want to hear from you, even if you can't beat 200,000. But if you can beat 200,000, we really want to hear from you. So yeah, we can maybe... tell him that he's not winning this yeah. game that he made up of never reading emails. <laughs> and you're free to just email in the number, but also hearing your reasoning behind it and your psychology behind mm -hmm. how you manage your unread emails would also be fun. So email podcasts at iphonelife.com. There you go. All right, that wraps up episode 57 of the iPhone Life podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up for our daily tips newsletter. iphonelife.com slash insider to learn more about our premium insider subscription. And yeah, email us at podcast at iphonelife.com too. Yeah, and for all the links for everything we talked about in the show, iphonelife.com slash podcast. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks everybody.